hey, first time going live, so just bear with me trying to figure it out. My little brother is a YouTuber and he's always pushing me to do stuff. And he was just like, dude, just go live. I'm like, hey, I want to do a live webinar. I don't know the first thing about it. And he was like, you know what? Stop talking. Just go do it. Just go do it. And it was, we were literally having this conversation Thursday night. And I'm like, I don't have anything prepped. And he's like, so what? Just go talk to people. So this webinar is basically just we're talking. I mean, I'm not really going to be showing you you know, how to grade something. I just want to, you know, give you an overview. It's more like a meet and greet. I mean, you guys have been following me and watching my channel. And I think it's not fair if I just sit, stay behind that, you know, glass. Um, I want you to know where I come from and, you know, what inspired me to do what I'm doing and where I'm at in life right now. And, you know, what to expect for you guys from this channel and uh, what I got planned. And most importantly, the point of this is to hear what you want to see, because I can sit here and talk all day long, but that's no good if you guys are not interested. So I need to know what can help you get to that next level. And if I can help you with that, I want to be there to do that. Soft tech, where do I live? I live in California. I live in Orange County, so we're about 45 minutes to an hour from L.A., uh, but since I'm uh, a freelancer and I work remotely, it doesn't matter really where I live uh, anymore. I mean, it still kind of does matter because I have to go for meetings and things like that, meet with producers, or if I'm jumping on a new project, a lot of the times, like, you know, line producers and stuff, they would want to have you come in and just, you know... Uh, uh, you know, meet you in person to find out, you know, um, if you guys are on the same page and stuff like that. So I'm going to start with uh, a little bit about my background. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when I hear people talk about, um, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams or, you know, even Spielberg or uh, Scorsese or, you know, you hear all these people talk about when they were growing up, like how they didn't have money, so they got their hands on like the, you know, stupidest like little camera that they started filming with when they were eight. Well, we didn't even have that. Not necessarily because of the money, but it just wasn't the concept, you know, like in our culture, like, you know, that's, it, you know, you watch Bollywood movies growing up, but that's the extent of it. It's not necessarily like just go out there and do it because especially in Pakistan, there's not a big like film industry. So it's just not in our culture. But ever since I was a kid, I was stoked about like storytelling. That's all I knew. So like I would what I would do is that I wasn't really original. So what I would do is I would take two or four different movies, like my favorite movies and characters from those movies and mesh them, put them together and then have my cousins play different roles. And then I would be always obviously the best dude, you know, but most of the time anti-hero because, you know, that's what I was attracted to when I was young. So, but the craziest thing is that when I started um, later on, like when I was 14 or 13, um, I actually got my hands on a camera, a freaking web camera. So my brother was in the United States and he sent me a webcam. It was a Logitech webcam back in the day, literally probably shot like 240p at like eight frames a second. So what I would do is that we would attach that camera to our tower, like a huge PC tower, we'll attach it to that. And my assistant camera operator, my AC will hold the entire tower 
while I would be the DP moving around the webcam, just filming whatever. So, you know, to all the other filmmakers that talk about it was tough and they started with hiat or whatever, well, that's what I started with, okay, a webcam. And then I would cut those movies in the shittiest freaking software on earth. Um, what was it? A movie maker for PC? So that's what I used back in the day. So that's how I started putting together some stories. Now, I have those videos, but obviously no one will ever see them because it's just flat out embarrassing. So that's my childhood, a little bit about my childhood. So when I moved to the States, um, I went to a technical school. I went to um, DeVry to get my degree in network communications and a minor in small business. So that's where a lot of my technical skills come from. A lot of my you know, colleagues ask me, they're just like, dude, you're so freaking technical. Like a lot of the times, like, you know, you'll see these editors and, you know, colors or whatever. The second something goes wrong with their computer, they just walk out. They're just like, help us come fix it, whatever. I'm not that guy. I'm that dude. I'm like a tech support when I'm like working. So um, at home, I'll, I build out my studios, like my setups. Everything is just like from ground up, like I created I understand everything inside out when it comes to, you know, computers. So I went to like, you know, school for technical, uh, technical school. And that's because that's just a part of the culture. You know, you become a doctor or an engineer or something like that. So I wanted to do something with computers. And then two years down the road is when I decided I'm like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. And um, one of the things that I can share with you guys is that it's really important guys to have mentors in your life. And that doesn't mean like a paid mentor, a teacher or somebody in your field. Like I have mentors for everything. So one of my mentors is, you know, my older brother. And at the time um, I was talking to him and I told him, I was like, dude, I'm just not really feeling it. Like I like it. I like what I do, but I don't see myself doing this for life. So we started uh, a dialogue about what do you want to do then? And filmmaking, you know, kind of be the thing that came up. And uh, at the time, like, I didn't know who's what, like, what, what's editor's job, what's colorist job, cinematographer. So I'm like, I want to be a director. Anytime when you talk about you want to do something in film uh, or in this industry, you know, most of the people are just always like, hey, I want to be a director. I want to be like Spielberg. I want to be like, you know, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams, David Fincher, whatever. So my thing was that, hey, I want to I want to do that. So Took a lot of convincing, you know, uh, finally my parents were on board and I started a film school. Now I went to Art Institute Chicago and uh, they didn't have like a niche, you know, within like a film program. So it was like a digital film. It was like a general program where you just learn everything. You become like a jack of all trades. And I think that's the best thing that happened to me because, you know, think about it in 2019 today, that's what's hot right now, okay? Like maybe around 2010-ish, like specialty mattered a lot. Like, you know, you like, hey, do you are you an editor or are you a cinematographer? If you're both, then they'll clump you in a video producer category and they'll pay you a $300 a day rate, okay? But if you're a cinematographer, you can charge, you know, 500,000, 1500, depending on your level or even much more if you're, a, you know, working on bigger productions. And if you're an editor, so, you know, same thing. Similar thing is it's still there, but nowadays with the social media like craze with video, 
it, I'm just seeing huge companies just asking for, looking for like these guys who are like predators. Like they can just go out there, they can shoot, they can book places and they can put things together. They know a little bit of After Effects and now color is the new player in the game. You know, that's like a new hot thing too because all these cameras, even consumer cameras, you're using A7S, you know, you're using GH5 and everything is shooting on log. Well, what do you do with log? It's not back in the day where you would just shoot something with like Rec. 709 or standard settings. Look is baked in. You bring it in. You got what you got. And it looks halfway decent. The saturation is there. You just tinker with it a little bit. Or on set, you just want to make sure if you're shooting outside, your white balance is 5,600. You're shooting inside at night, your white balance is 3,200 Kelvin. So nowadays, it's not as simple as that. So you kind of have to know, you're required to know bunch of different things. I mean, even as a colorist now, it's not how it used to be where they were just like, just color, we'll do the visual effects, we'll take care of everything else. Nowadays, all the time I get requests like, hey, do you know visual effects? Like, can you do cleanups? Like there's, you know, are you a conformist? Can you conform stuff? So like, you really have to kind of expand your horizons, you know? So going back to you know, going to school where we were taught like general information about film was like helpful, very helpful. What wasn't helpful was that how much it cost and how I'm going to be paying those loans for the next 10 years. So, you know, that's for another webinar. Um, as filmmakers, a lot of us are dreamers, right? We, we don't want to be a filmmaker to work with a small mom and pop for the rest of our lives making infomercials, right? So we want to work on big stuff. So we dream big and dreams are perfect. You need dreams uh, to achieve bigger things in life. But dreams need goals. I mean, goals are the fuel uh, to your dreams. And goals are what's going to separate you from or your dream from being just a dream or a reality. And, you know, for me, um, when I started going to film school, the dream was to go to LA, work in Hollywood, work on commercials, do big things. Um, that was my long term goal at the time, four years, you know, until I graduate, and then I got to go to college. As soon as I graduated, I did do just that. Like I moved out to California, stayed with my uncle for a couple of months until I started landing some uh, gigs. And guys, I got to tell you, you can make things happen from anywhere. And that is very true. It doesn't matter where you live. Like nowadays with social media, you can just DM people, reach out to people all day long for free. And, you know, uh, you have access to everyone through internet. So yes, you can make things happen. But I got to be honest, it does help to be in the right place because hard work hard work plus opportunity equals whatever the f you want you know and that's important so that's the thing like i just needed to be here and the great thing about being in a place like la if you're a filmmaker is that there's so much competition okay it's not easy it's not like you move to california and you start working tomorrow but what it does is that it's it elevates your game you know, you have to be a freaking A player to survive. And when you get to that level, yes, then you have unlimited opportunities. Then very soon you get to a point where you get to decide, you know, you get to pick and choose what kind of projects you want to work on. So that's just one thing, like no matter where you are, you know, Pakistan, India, wherever you are, Indonesia, like it does matter if this is going to be your life and if this is going to be your career to kind of do consider if there is an industry or, you know, if there is something 
in your country where, you know, they have more opportunities in our industry, then it's not the worst idea to relocate it. You know, so that's just a little, you know, side adv advice. Um, so as soon as I moved to California, I worked maybe for five months, like just, uh, you know, random jobs. Like literally I was digitizing tapes for 200 bucks uh, for a week. I will go pick up the tapes in Burbank. I was living in Anaheim, which is about an hour away. And in traffic's like two and a half hours, two hours. And then I will come home, digitize these tapes for one week and then run them back. Guys, call it naivete. Whatever I've done in my life, I took insane amount of just pride in it. I don't care. Even when I was digitizing tapes, I was thinking in my head that I made it. I was listening to Drake like I freaking made it. Like I'm, I'm the shit, you know? You need that. You need to be your biggest hype man. And especially in our field, because the path is not really clear, okay? It's not like my brother gra graduated, you know, in IT, and he's a freaking director, you know, making obscene amount of money right now. And it's not to take away any credit from him, but, you know, it's, it's like just sort of like a defined path. You go with it. In our field, it's not like that. So you have to push yourself, and you have to be not so critical, of yourself and just take it easy, you know, just go with it, work hard, but like stay focused. So I landed my first gig in 2010, um, working with a company where I was basically um, was a video producer, entry level job. I was going around the country um, and just shooting race car drivers, like, you know, and different races. Like I was making mini documentaries, cool five to seven minute pieces about different race car drivers. And it was a crazy, insane gig. It turned me into a freaking machine. Like you wouldn't believe just doing that stuff day in and out is the best thing that can happen to you when you're starting out. I will highly recommend for those of you who are getting into this career, it's kind of early on in your life. And I would say, go get a full-time job. I mean, it sounds like it might suck. Just put up with it. Put up with it until you're disciplined, until you're consistent, and it's going to make you so efficient that you, a year from now, if you have a full-time job, a year, year from now, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, Jesus, like how far have I come? Like in the beginning, I thought this is going to be lame, blah, blah, blah. So I would highly recommend, look at it as like a boot camp. But in this case, you're getting paid, you know? So to learn to get hands-on crazy equipment, things like that, that's where my, you know, color grading career took off because, you know, we would get CapEx every year and I would tell my, you know, uh, supervisor, I'm like, hey, we need a avid um, artist color. Like we need a control surface and we need DaVinci Resolve. And we, before DaVinci Resolve, like back in the day in 2010, I was using Apple color and I was like, hey, we need Apple color. And it's like, Okay, no problem. They'll get it. And it's thousands of dollars, money that, you know, a lot of people can't afford. Luckily, nowadays, you can get Resolve for free or 300 bucks. You get the full version that somebody in Company 3 who's, you know, grading uh, the Revenant is using. And you have access to the same thing for 300 bucks. So it's insane how far we have come. Anyways, in 2012 is when I decided that I was kind of, I surpassed that job title. You know what I mean? Around 2012, I wasn't burned out, you know, um, but I was just like, you know what? I think I can do more. I 
at the time, which felt like made the biggest mistake, quit my job, 700 bucks in my account. Also, guys, side note, marry someone who can support you in any and everything. I mean, no joke. I know insane amount of friends that are just like, oh, I want to do this, but my wife won't let me. I want to do that, but my wife won't let me. That's not the case in this household. I mean, I love my wife for that because I have 700 bucks in my account and I tell my wife, hey, I can't do this anymore. This sucks. I want to do something else. And she goes, well, quit. And I'm like, well, we don't even have the money for the rent. She was like, so what? We'll just go live with our parents for a little bit. Just quit. Just do it. And it was the craziest decision and very irresponsible of me to do it. I quit. And that changed everything. As soon as that happened, a snowball effect. Like I got so pumped. I started putting out reels. And you would not believe the kind of survival instincts that just kick in when shit hits the fan and you got to go. And stuff started happening. Like I put out my reels, got a call from somebody that I shot a wedding a couple of, couple of months ago. And this dude saw my setup, my OG Blackmagic cinema camera, 2.5K. And he needed some stock footage for, you know, Adobe stock or whatever. And he hit me up. I went, shot some footage for him. And the rest is history. I started landing gigs and Oh my God, like it just started working out, just snowball effect. And then a couple of months later, I landed what over time became my permalance gig. And I started working with this company that was hooked up. It was a production company that was hooked up with many different agencies and big brands. And then they would just have obscene amount of work come in and I would be working on episodic things like shows like you know 20 minute shows 40 minute shows and then I would be working on like you know 30 second spots that I, they would ask me to grade and I just did anything and everything and I just gobbled it up like just took it all in like when you are on a roll don't listen to that stupid advice where they say hey man you got to wound down you got to take it easy you got to kick back like take some time off don't. When you got that momentum and you're going, freaking fly. Just do not stop. It doesn't matter. Everything else can wait. Like we're young, we can go, you know? And by doing that, you develop this mental stamina. Like you become like a hustler for life. And that's what you need in everything. You know, it's going to help you with your family, with your work, just everything in general. So, you know, that is my story with my freelance career. And obviously this is all I've done ever since. And then around 2016 is when I decided to kind of heavily pursuing the remote situation and just start working remotely. It really goes in a sequential order. So internship out of college, if possible, full-time job, necessary evil, freelance. And I say freelance because again, most of us want to do our own thing want to tell our own stories and be treated with that respect. And the difference between a full-time job and a freelance, if I can tell you, is that as an employee, um, uh, you know, working full-time, you're just expected to do things. You're told what you have to do. And that's it. That's your sort of position. No matter how high you go, that's sort of like uh, just, you know, uh, unsaid, like truth, whatever, like thing. Freelancer life entrepreneurial career like that life is totally different you're treated with much more respect you're treated uh, more as a partner 
um, then, you know, hey, what the hell? Like, chop, chop, let's go get this done. So just two different differences that you got to think about. And as filmmakers, you know, we're creative people, you know, you, you can't put me in a nine to five cage, you know, and that slot and have me just produce content. Like, I, you know, most of the time when I'm editing, my schedule reverses. Like when I'm editing, I'm editing from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. You know, not all the times, but a lot of the times when I'm making these YouTube videos, that's when my creative genius just comes to freaking life. It's uh, that's what happens overnight. No distractions, nothing like I can focus. OK, when it comes to color, doesn't matter. Just put me in a box that's black, you know, your blackout box and just leave me in the middle of the desert. I don't care. I can grade. It doesn't matter. Like for color, I can get into it and get going. And that's another thing, guys, like find your calling, you know, and it will be that easy, like where you will be just cashing these checks and fig like going how is this happening? Am I tricking the world? Like, are they not in on this? Like, are they eventually going to catch me? Because something might be wrong with this. How am I getting paid doing this? I love this. How am I getting paid and getting paid so much doing that? So if something like that happens to you, you know, you found your calling. So one thing that I want to talk about, like as a freelancer, so a tip is stay on top of your game because a full-time employee can do a subpar job, whatever. There's so many companies I work for they bring us in as like these trained assassins, like when I say us in freelancers. So you'll be talking about a big agency, right? They got badass people like, you know, it might be your dream to work there, blah, blah, blah. When a big project comes in to a company like that, you will be surprised how many times they'll be reaching out to freelancers that specialize in a certain niche. They'll bring those guys in and then you just see these heads turn like in, you know, like the full-time employee, just like kind of looking at you with envy that what the hell, man, like I work here and I was waiting for a cool gig. And when the cool gig comes along, it goes to me. Why does it go to me to be a successful freelancer and always be number one on speed dial for all your line producers and everybody is that stay on top of your game, whatever it is that you do. How can you stay on top of your game? Systems and processes. I said it in my last video and you guys are going to hear it a lot more. I believe in it like religion. I believe in systems and processes. And what I mean by that is that what works for you. So for me, the beginning of every year is pretty slow. The first couple of months are kind of eh, everybody's just getting back after Christmas, like after the holidays, like, you know, it's just, you know, the business is not booming yet. Like everybody's just in the process of you know, uh, pre-production getting there. Okay. So what I do during that time is I go hard in like learning, just learn anytime as a freelancer, you have a downtime, go learn. So, okay. Premiere pro 19.1, 19.2, whatever the next premiere pro, um, you know, application that came out, what are the new features? Learn the new features. Don't be scared of just like thinking outside the box. Keep pushing yourself. Like two months ago, I started editing in Resolve. I always hated it because you just hate things that you don't know how to use most of the time, you know? So for me, I grade in Resolve. That's all I use Resolve for. And I just told myself that, hey, Resolve sucks when it comes to editing, sound design, and XYZ. It's only good for color. A month ago, I wholeheartedly just dove in, went all in, just went nuts learning everything about it. And I can tell you, I'm a believer. Like right now, I'm cutting in DaVinci Resolve. 
Okay. I am actually finishing a job. I convinced my client, a client I've been working with for over six, seven years. I convinced them that guys, let's try the software out for everything. Editorial, you know, sound design, logging, like everything, music, mixing, and color, obviously, and visual effects. So we used Resolve solely and it's it's great smooth sailing it's perfect they're loving it i'm so fast because the great thing about resolve is that you know i'm editing right and then as soon as i'm just bored editing like i'm just burned out i want to take a break before i would actually just shut it off and just take a walk well now i can just go to the color page and just have fun with it start creating some looks so that's something that i never got in premiere you know, that's a traditional editing software, editing mindset. You do one thing and you stop and you take a break and you come back and you start over again. Well, I notice that my productivity has just skyrocketed this way because I'm bored from editing. Okay, jump over to sound design, do some sound design, do some mixing. Okay, go over to color, create some looks. Like it, it just changed, it shifted, you know, my mentality and it's great. And how did it happen? Keep at it like stay on top of that game. Like I don't stop anytime there's a downtime, you know, between jobs or whatever I learn, I don't get panic anymore. I used to panic like a mother. Anytime there was like a downtime, I was just like, I'm done for, maybe I should get a full-time job. I don't know what the hell is going on, blah, blah, blah. Now I know that it just works out. It's just like any other job. You have a couple of clients. They might not have something today. They, they will have two things tomorrow. So you will have work. Just take it easy and use that time instead of like being unproductive and like, you know, like I said, you know, panicking, use that time to focus on positive things and just learn, learn, learn. Don't compromise. I mean, that's another thing that I want to talk about. I mean, literally so many people get into this industry and I'm not going to name names, but I know my friends that got into this in industry, went to the same school and came out and a great cinematographer friend of mine just turned into a motion graphics artist and not so great of a motion graphics artist because that's the first job he landed and he never quit. So that's not his forte. That's not his thing, you know? Um, so that's what he did. And it's sad. I see people do that time after time. Like we will not be successful in this industry because it doesn't pay compared to IT or uh, anything in business, like it doesn't pay anything close to that. So then if you're doing something that you don't really love, just because you wanted to be in that industry, and now you're doing something so far off, but you're like, hey, man, whatever, that's not a good bargain. So I would say, all like, it doesn't matter, do something, always have your eyes on the prize. Like, you know, if today you have to do an entry level job, because you're starting out, no problem. That's just that's just what you have to do. No big deal. But always keep your like eyes on the prize and go for that. Like stay focused and keep it fun for yourself. Like don't look at the clock, you know, if you're looking at the clock, you're doing something wrong. You know, there's so many times I have to take a break. I have to schedule date nights because I'm just like, like I'm, I love this. I can drown in this, you know, willingly. I just love what I do that much. So have that when you're doing it. So now I want to get into the second part of this. I want to talk about what got me doing YouTube. So I want to talk about a couple of things, okay? So the biggest thing that got me doing YouTube, and it was hard. I mean, I've been thinking about doing that for over five years, and there's so many reasons why I didn't do it. Number one reason is I'm the dude behind the camera, not in front of the camera. It's not natural to me. It's, it's weird, you know? Uh, and, and like even like right now, looking at myself while I'm talking, 
to a computer, it's just weird. It's not in me. So it was difficult. I thought there was bigger reasons to do it than just me looking weird and being selfish about it. And the biggest reason was to share what I know. And I'll get into it, what I really mean by that. The biggest problem that I noticed uh, when you go on these training sites or when you go to YouTube and try to learn something in our field, the biggest thing that's missing is that there's just too many how-tos. I look at it as like knowledge without direction. It's just shove you with all this information. Uh, great. So now you got it. You can do X, Y, and Z. What the hell do you do with that? You know? I also feel that a lot of the colleges and school systems are dealing with that too. Like, okay, great. Like you taught me all this. Now put me on the right path. Don't give me a, you know, one class, you know, that's about career development and the instructor gives me an A for not showing up. Like, no, like this sucks. Like at the time it was fun. Like I was partying and I was doing whatever and I just skipped that class and I got an A. Wow, great. And now looking back, I'm like, what the hell, man? That was probably the most important class, not because of that instructor, because he was garbage. That's why he was just letting us go and giving us A's. But if the right person was in that position, could have changed everybody's life and their trajectory. That's what I see online too. And just in school system, I have to break that. I wanted to break that. Like it's just too much of that. And then what happens is that a lot of the tutorials out there are also, instead of teaching you something, it like you get intimidated. You watch something and you realize how stupid you are. And then all of a sudden, like, you're just like, Man, you start questioning everything. Like, am I supposed to be doing this? Is that my field? I mean, look at this guy, what he just did, blah, blah, blah. And all the nonsense jargon that he talked about and theory stuff that's not practical that I can't really apply, you know, to anything. But, oh, man, color theory, this and that. It's like, it just there's just so much fluff. A lot of the times people are using this medium to just whatever, you know, I can't say it on, on the webinar, but like, you know, just to make themselves feel good. And that's just what I'm saying. I've seen a lot of that time after time. And I say this because, guys, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars in paid trainings, not just free content. And uh, even I took classes. I took classes to be certified in DaVinci Resolve. And after 20 minutes, I walked out because in the description, it said, hey, this class is for pros. And when I walked in, no, hell no. They spent the first 45 minutes showing us where DaVinci Resolve is on your computer. Are you freaking kidding me? It was a $1,500 class. I walked out. I, I got a partial refund, but that's not the point. What I'm saying is that time after time I see this and I'm just like, you know what? No, I want to change that. There's so much that goes on, right? Besides you watching me create a really cool look, like that's great. But what's more important is that where do you go to find your next job? What are the ways? And then you know, how much should you be charging? There's huge companies that I could have gotten a gig with, but I didn't because I quoted them wrong. I gave them the wrong rate. And uh, believe it or not, most of the time it was, you know, I was asking for a lot less than what was a normal rate for an editor at the time. And they just never called me back. They loved my work, but they were like, what the hell? This guy can't be professional if he's charging that much. Well, why the hell do I not know how much should I be charging? Is anybody talking about that? Nobody's talking about that because they want to keep that stuff to themselves. Why? Nobody knows, you know? Because if there's one thing that I learned from my dad is that there's plenty to go around. If I just tell you everything, if I just share all my knowledge with you, you're not taking my job. You're going to get a job. 
and it's great. Then both of us have freaking work. So that's my mindset. Okay. So that's how I approach it. I want to, I want to talk about those things, not the fluff, not just the how to's, but Hey, how can you get out there and do something about it and start working? And then once you get going, once you got the flow, then you'll figure it out. You've already figured it out at that point. And work politics, I mean, that's a huge thing. How far can you go nipping it in the butt until you just go, hey, man, that's too much? Like, there's there's a fine line, you know? Sometimes you got to walk off, walk out, you know? Sometimes you got to put up with it. So how do you know? What's that balance, you know? So that's that. Like, that's important. We need to talk about that. I want to talk about those things. Industry trends, you know, what's hot, man? What's happening right now? Where are we headed? Like, what's the cool new look? And that's what you guys need to know because that's what's hot right now, you know? And it's good to know that and apply it and show that you can do that and become valuable. Negotiation tactics, that's another one, you know? Like, okay, so how much money should you ask for? How, not only just money, like what other things you know, you can discuss and ask for, like, how can you get a bigger role and contribute more, you know, things like that. So, I mean, there's, there's that that we're going to talk about. And then the business side of things, you know, I want to, I want to talk about how can you sustain being a freelancer in our industry and have a great lifestyle. Don't compromise your lifestyle. Don't have your brother drive a freaking BMW when you're driving, uh, I don't know, Prius, whatever. And I'm not saying just, I don't mean to come off as like a, a, a you know, a, a asshole, like a Wolf of Wall Street asshole, like money. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that, you know, to be comfortable. So then it's sustainable without any sacrifices. You get to do what you want, when you want, and you get paid great money for it. So those are the things that I want to share and get you to that point. That's the point of this channel. In the near future, I want to create more practical tutorials. So practical tutorials, most of the stuff that you've seen already on the on the channel, things like that. It can have a little bit of how-to, how I am doing this, but then it's going to be filled with pro tips like, hey, this is what's hot. This is what I did on whatever project. And they loved it, blah, blah, blah. Give you a little before and after, not just show you whatever. And then also just pad it, just sandwich it with some advice so then it can really sink in and you can see a bigger picture than just like watching me do something and then you mimicking that, you know? So I want to do more practical tutorials because I get requests for like, do a video on your setup, do a video on Logitech G13, the thing that I use. And eventually I do want to do that if I have enough time. But I feel like other topics might take a little bit more uh, precedent over that. And just for the reasons that I just mentioned, because I feel like these things are just important for you guys to know more than you, that you might think that you want to know, you know, because it's literally like, you know, boom, boom, boom. Like if I can just show you what you need to do to make a reel, it doesn't matter if you worked on four short films, it doesn't matter if you have barely anything, how can I make you marketable? How can I make you, you know, desirable where you can just go out there and get a job? And then sure, I got some tutorials where you can learn how to do it right and how it's done in the real world. So there's that too. So I want to focus on that. Eventually, um, I haven't done these um, a lot, but I mean, my last video had like, it was like, a, it had a little bit of that, like a road to glory type of videos, basically like, you know, my last video, I didn't really show you how I created that ring look that I was working on. I talked to you about, you know, some advice, like, you know, my experience and, 
you know, some challenges, some obstacles, some intention on what it really means and how to think like a creative, how to approach a problem from a different perspective than let's just say that I got a banging computer, I got 24 gigs of VRAM, blah, blah. Like, you know, let's get past that. Let's let's look away from that and focus on the bigger picture, you know. I want to do more of those because the response was very positive and I think you guys liked it and I want to keep doing that. My goal is to help you get to that dream. Whatever you want to be in the next couple of years, if you want to be a colorist, wherever you want to end up, I want to help you in that and I want to get you there the fastest. So uh, just quick uh, little advice. You know, again, this industry, it's tough. If you really want to thrive, not just survive, you're going to have to make some tough choices. And what I can say to you right now as somebody who's been doing it for a while, and you know, I'm happy with where I'm at, um, with what I've accomplished so far, there's a long road ahead, and I'm not stopping at anything. I'm trying to build a legacy, not just you know, paychecks, collect paychecks. So uh, it's it's up to everyone what you want to do in life. But I would say, no joke. And and these might come off as cliche, but I couldn't stress more on these points. Like, stay strong. Really, really do stay strong. Like, I've gotten to a to point where I hit up my brother and said, dude, I think I want to finish my degree in network, you know, because I was already like two years in. I was like, I want to take the last two semesters and go get a job in networking because this is just not panning out how I envisioned. And he talked me out of it, but I wish I was stronger. So that's what I'm trying to say. Either stay strong or have somebody around you that can just pull you out of your, you know, bottom and get you back up. Stay strong and stay determined. Determination is key. Just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. I mean, you know, we hear these stories so many times. I mean, I just heard that the Dyson, the vacuum company, Mr. Dyson had 5,000 prototypes that were failed and didn't pass the test, blah, blah, blah. And then the 5,001 prototype is what was accepted and selected. And then the rest is history. And now you look at them and they have like freaking $700 fans and $800 vacuums and people buy them. That's just one example. Persistence and determination go hand in hand. And you just cannot stop. It doesn't matter. Just keep at it. Keep at it. And then what I'm going to say is that whether you are watching my videos or any other training out there, guys, learn and apply. These two things go hand in hand. Like if you learn, you got to apply right away because there's so many times back in the day I made that mistake where I would just watch a really complex tutorial about compositing and then I'll just go, oh, great, man. I think I got it. Even I'm taking notes, but I'm like, okay, I got it. But I didn't apply it right away. And then I forgot about it. So huge, huge, huge thing. Like you just have to learn and apply, learn and apply. It just goes hand in hand. You have to, even if you feel like it or not. And again, one last time, do what you love. Um, and when I say do what you love is that if you're starting out, if you're new, don't box yourself. Just go big, explore, do anything and everything. Be a cinematographer, be the director, be the actor, whatever. Just go out there, experiment, and then eventually you're going to find your calling. If you're a writer and if you sit in front of a screen and you're staring at it for five hours, maybe you're not a writer. You know, it's, it's time to reconsider. I'm just saying, if you're an editor and you just stall, like you take days to put together a cut because it's just you're struggling with it, maybe you're not an editor. These things come to you. Like I can't really write, but when I'm editing, I get these epiphanies. Like I'll be driving, I'll be listening to some song and 
all of a sudden, all these edits start coming together. Like it just sings to me, you know? So I know that I'm an editor. Colorist, put me anywhere and I can freaking color. That right there tells you that I'm born to do this. Like, you know, I worked hard to get to that point technically where I don't feel hesitant doing something, but to get to that point, it's got to be natural. You got to have a connection with that thing. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Earlier, I read a comment by Kumar. He said, hey, how to color grade a commercial film or music video? And brother, I have those three courses, but the one that I'm working on right now is how to grade a TV commercial. So that's the one that I'm working on. Uh, because before I get into how to grade a music video or how to grade a short film, those are longer in length. And what's going to happen in these is that we're going to start to finish. We're going to go all the way through, even with like some negotiations and how I landed the gig and then what am I doing and then what's the delivery process and then the invoicing. And we're going to get in there. We're going to get in there. I'm going to freaking, you know, show you my freaking pay stubs if I have to do just like really be transparent and give that stuff to you. So I want to do one that's going to be how to grade a TV commercial. So this is going to be more focused on how we do it and what's right and wrong and what's accepted and, you know, what's too far, you know, and what's the right amount and the time length and all that. Like, you know, what what does it take to do a 30 second commercial, 15 second, you know, and a minute commercial, things like that. And how involved do you have to be? And obviously, we're going to do the technical things, and we're going to create those looks and all that. You're going to get the footage and exercise files and all the good stuff. And then the second one that I want to do is how to start your career as a freelancer. So now that one is going to be very valuable. I have to get my thoughts together and like just create, like consolidate everything in a way that it's going to be in a linear fashion. So when you're following it, my goal is that by the end of the course, you land something, you land a gig, you get something going, like it's just going to give you everything from like a macro level to micro, like, I mean, small details to like the biggest things, like the bigger picture. Okay. So it's gonna, it's gonna have all of that in there. So, I mean, those are the two courses that I'm working on currently, but guys, that's it. We're done. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time.